Good morning, all. Well done on getting up an hour earlier to be here. You should have seen the crew at the poor idea. Oh my goodness, let's roll down a bit. <laughs> I think I was looking the worst though. Um, I, what an interesting gospel, eh? It's got a bit of a spice, I reckon. It's got some uh, interesting illustrations, some interesting pictures. And as I was uh, reading it, as I was reflecting on it, I was thinking that it wasn't really until I was the age of about 15 that I really learned what wealth inequality was. Sure, I was kind of vaguely aware that some people were richer and some people were poorer. But it wasn't really until that age that I could get a grasp on just how unequal our global world was. And that was happened when I was at a Christian music festival down south uh, in Waskill, of all places, a little music festival called uh, Sam Stop. And when I was there, there was a speaker who came up on stage, and he had a very similar setup to this. He was from Tiafart, and he was talking about how wealth is currently spread out within the world. Perhaps in an ideal world, things would be equal, yeah? For every 10% of the population, that's what one of my little gin, gin, uh, gingerbread people here are, for every 10% of the world's population, ideally they should have access to about 10% of our resources, right? Food and water and money and gold and all the things that we need or want perhaps in life. But of course, we realise that that's not the case. Back then, he talked about the 18% versus the 20%. So essentially, the top 20% of the world's population, at that point, held about 80% of the world's resources. And so that left 20% of the world's resources for 80% of the world's people. Watching this little illustration, I felt a bit of fire burning in my stomach. I was looking at this going, that's not fair. That's maybe something unjust. I probably didn't have that word back then. <laughs> it's probably more of a word that I'd use now. But this looks like an injustice to me. And so that experience kind of kindled a fire that made me want to know more about this situation, more about how the world had got to this point. What, what led us to this point where things were and money were so unequally spread around? And of course I wanted to do something about it. So, in the last 15 years, how much of an impact do you think I've had on this situation? How much improvement do you think I've been able to make? Running around doing some anti-poverty and stuff, some fair trade stuff, that kind of thing. Do you think the situation has got any better? No. So instead, the situation has got worse. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seventy percent of the world's wealth and resources now held by just ten percent of the world's population. 
In fact, the situation has got so poorly that I can't actually illustrate with cats just how little is left for the bottom 50% of the world's population. So I'm using a shot glass. That represents 2%. 2% of the world's wealth and resources are currently held by the bottom 50% of the world. So where do we sit? Where do we sit here in our Zealand? Well, if you look at our GDP per capita, not total GDP, GDP per person, we are comfortably on course in that top 10%. Very comfortably, sitting in there with all those cans, all that wealth. And in fact, if you earn, or have earned in your life, more than 35,000 US dollars in a year, that puts you globally in the top 1%. The top 1% of the world's earnings. That's not billionaires, that's not millionaires, that's just someone who earns more than 35,000 US dollars in a year. Don't look at the exchange rate at the moment, it's, <laughs> it's a bit less comparable. So, what does all this information inform us about today's reading? Well, the topic of today's reading, very similar to last week, and it seems to be a bit of a theme that runs through Luke. And for Luke, this theme about the rich and the poor and about how the kingdom of God kind of reverses these things, even starts back at conception, right? So when Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb, she exults that the hungry have been filled and the rich have been sent away empty. Luke makes it clear that the very ministry of Jesus is also within this theme. When Jesus declares that he has been anointed by the Spirit of the Lord to bring good news to the poor, not to the one percent. It's also in Luke where we have Jesus saying, How hard is it for rich, the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now, this is particularly interesting because in the ancient world, and in some ways in today's society still, there's this kind of underlying idea that wealth is connected with morality. People who are good and work hard and live righteously ought to be rewarded with the good things in life. It's kind of a natural balancing act. And conversely, people who were poor were thought to be punished by God for their sins, or the sins of their ancestors. I wonder how that overlaps today with commentators who talk about the poor deserving to be poor because of their poor life choices, or the drugs they take, or their laziness. If only they could sort themselves out, pick themselves up by the bootstraps, and work harder, then maybe they too could get a little share of this wealth. Maybe some might uh, trickle down from the top. That can't can be about to fall off the top. <laughs> that trickle down might just have to forgive them. Of course, the idea of the undeserving poor is turned upside down in today's gospel text. 
Here we find the rich man sitting at his table, feasting on his own good fortune, but turning a blind eye to the needs of Lazarus, who sits covered in sores at his gate. Now it was common in the ancient world to have these beaches outside rich people's houses where people could wait for some assistance. In fact, we can see some rather well-preserved beaches in the excavations of Pompeii outside the large and wealthy houses of the rich. A beggar who sat at these beaches could expect some form of charity, especially when a party or feast was on and there was an abundance of food It was expected to be shared. As verse 19 says, this particular rich man feasted every day, meaning Lazarus perhaps was denied many times. Furthermore, in verse 21, it makes clear that Lazarus was not asking for much, just some scraps, just some leftovers, which would have made all the difference. Of course, the text then continues on and illustrates the changing circumstances of the two men that they experience after death. So as the rich man has found himself in the fires of Hades, due perhaps to his lack of charity. It serves as a stark warning for those who ignore the teachings of Moses and the prophets same prophets who would look at this inequality and point a finger at it, calling it evil, not part of God's plan. This reading from 1 Timothy states it even more simply when it says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Timothy also gives us some pretty good advice on the so-called if we accept that this world is unjustly unequal, and if we accept that we benefit from this injustice, then what are we to do? Timothy entreats us to fight the good fight, to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And to us, perhaps in the 1%, he encourages us not to put our hope in wealth, which is fleeting, but put our hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. He commands us to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. I do wonder at a global scale what this generosity would look like. Perhaps it could look like some of those rich countries forgiving the debts of poor countries. It could look like sharing some technology, some education. It could look like some increases in aid and development. It could look like meaningful climate action, which is starting to affect the poorest countries first. And perhaps more radically, it could look like reforming trade rules and economic structures which seem to continue to exacerbate this situation currently. So if today's gospel tells us anything, it's that we can't be complacent. We can't enjoy a comfortable lifestyle 
and ignore the needs of our neighbours. It is a warning that we can and must do better to share of both ourselves and our resources. And may God be with us in that journey.